With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, folks. Happy Monday. Uh, well, we've got some things to discuss. A busy weekend. Um, I went to a game as a fan. Well, not as a fan. I mean, I was still doing my reporting thing, but uh, from the credential that day, that's all. Yeah, yeah, I just wasn't credentialed, and uh, but it was a strange experience. But we'll talk about that in uh, later on. Uh, we'll start with the pre-show. Go ahead, Russ. So let's talk about Jets Bills only because, like, there was equal equal stuff for both of us to be annoyed at. But I think it's more annoying when you could watch a game. And you realize that you could actually do the job of the coaching staff. And that's, and I'm not a football expert by any stretch. I've been watching for a very long time. But, you know, as an example, when Stefan Diggs had the first pass with single coverage, I was like, that's really dumb. They should do something about that. They didn't. So then and then they, they went right back to him again. <laughs> so then they went for the end zone. And, you know, luckily he was out of bounds. And they still didn't do anything. So then they went for the same play right after, and it worked. Then later it worked again, and later it worked again. And so the whole game they had him on single coverage, and I don't know what the end game of that is. Is it you thinking that your defense, your genius defense, will eventually kick in, or is it just, you know what, we're going to make the play? And, it's, and, and of course, they weren't going to. He's one of the best guys in the league. That isn't necessarily why they lost, but it's just when you see something like that, because, look, I didn't expect them to win. I was having fun on Twitter. But it's the Bills, and you knew it could be close, and they definitely could have been closer at half than it ended up being, and, again, because of fumbles and stupid plays. But at the end of the day, Robert Sala is finally feeling the wrath of being a rookie coach in New York because there is no real grace period. It doesn't matter. If you don't do your job, and he's more involved in the in the defense, he said starting this past week, and so that was their second worst defensive effort of the year. Rex Ryan thought it was their worst, and he had a lot to say too. So, of course, of course, he did because because I'm sure Rex doesn't have any animosity toward the Bills, the team that no. the team that fired his sorry ass after two year or two or three years. Him and him and him and him and him, 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 him and his overweight, long haired moron brother. Um, you know, please. Um, I, I'll, I'll just say this. Um, you're, you should be thankful for the Mike White performance because now that ends any quarterback controversy. Because Yeah, in a way I am. I, I And I don't mean that to be mean to Mike White, but you're right. I basically had said, and I was going to basically use this on, on Jets Rehab, but this week, win or lose, even if he threw for another 400 yards, you still had to go back to Zach Wilson. Right. If he's healthy, he had to be in. It doesn't matter. Simply because Mike White wasn't going to be the guy. Remember I said on off the post he was the pumpkin spice of the Jets offense. And I was right. That was justified. What was I going to – I was going to bring up something in the pre-show, and now, and now I sort of forgot. Oh, what were you going to bring up on the pre-show? Um, I forget too now. Oh, boy. Too, too senile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what it was. I know what it was. It was your iPod. Oh, okay. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, one one thing that I will give the Buffalo Sabres credit for, um, and there are very few things I'd give them credit for, but during the first period, they showed our players have individual goal songs, and here's a list of the goal songs. So, and I, I, I'm sorry, I don't, like, anything past, like, 2005 i don't know what the you know if it's popular i don't know what the hell it is i listen to my ipod and 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 songs on there so I, i'm really not up on like new music or you know taylor swift or any you know, Katy perry or anything like that or anything hip-hop so i i don't know what some of these songs are but i'll give them credit so it's like walk-up music in baseball they have individual songs 
for the goals for players. So Jeff Skinner scores two goals for the Sabres, and his song is played twice. Unlike Toronto, who plays the same sad hall and oats you make my dreams come true every goal for every player and you know what's sinister about that song i'll tell you what's sinister and it's criminal what they pass off as a guitar intro like a 12 year old could play that intro it was a it's like a meaty organ m-i-d-i organ yeah it's not even real guitar it's like it's it, it, it's the guitar setting on a on yeah, a uh, on a, on right. a synthesizer. So that's yes. what it is. But, uh, but um, as I I took a picture of my um, on my iPod screen on my on my uh, phone uh, for in my car, and it has a list of the songs. And as soon as I heard that fake intro. On you make my dreams come true. I pulled over to the side, took a picture of it, and quickly fast forwarded past that song because I am so you know I'm not sick and tired of seeing Leaf goals. I'm sick and tired of hearing that song. Yeah. Get some into get individual goal songs, please. I mean, it's not like the the head music director can't do it. All you have to do is press a button. Yeah, all you have to do is type in thirty four. For Austin Matthews, and it'll be probably some Justin Bieber song because him and right. Bieber are friends, or Mitch Marner, or whatever. Just have just not not hauling oats. It's like I get I get freaking MTV flashbacks of them doing the little head bops. So yeah. uh, anyway, all right. What is Mitch Marner's goal song if he had one? What would you do, Mike? Come on. Uh, probably something from Triumph. Oh, um, hello. Lucky world today is Monday, November 15th, 2021. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey, Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Um, okay, uh, let's start off with well, – well, let's start off with that game because it was on Friday – it was on Saturday. Um, and then we'll talk about the Hall of Fame and some other things. But mm-hmm. just must, while it's fresh in my mind, talk about Sabres-Leafs at uh, Key Bank Center on Saturday night. And Ross, I think I communicated this to our group uh, chat that I've been going to Leaf Sabers games since 1979. I mean, I missed a couple, but pretty much, even when they were coming to Buffalo four times a year, I would go to go to the Sabers Leafs games. I, I got Sabers season tickets just to get Sa- just to get Leafs uh, games at a cheaper price, and I would sell off the other tickets to my friends. Um, even for a preseason game, even for a game in a friggin' blizzard in 1978 or 79, there was almost a, a packed house, meaning at least 15 up to 19,000. Well, because of the fact of the Sabres are bad, uh, because of variable pricing, which means that the, the ticket was a platinum ticket, meaning that an upper deck ticket was... $75. Um, and on top of that, uh, because the Canadian government and because the Canadian healthcare system charges Canadian citizens between 120 to 200 bucks for a PCR test for them to come over. It, I mean, that's a, that's a cost on top of the ticket. Right. So the cost that's going to be more than the ticket as you found out. Right. I, 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 you know, I bought a StubHub ticket for $30 parked for free and you know the mo- only thing i spent money on was a order of nachos which by the way folks the cheese was cold and so, you witnessed a leafs win as i said would happen yes you said they would lose because huh. they, because they always lose in buffalo i always tell you you can't go historic all the sure time i can well sure you I can. did and you lost well i did i didn't lose but no. anyway uh 7900 just just under nine, just under eight thousand, seventy nine hundred, and I think it was ninety fans. And I, you know, sorry, sorry, uh, Sabers, um, you know, uh, t- uh, ushers. Uh, I bought a ticket in the three hundred level and sat in the lower bowl. And there were sections where there was nobody within seven or eight rows. Wow! And I, I, I moved down and sat in the you know two hundred dollar seats. So shoot me, um, but. That plus, I mean, 
the Sabres are, I mean, I'll, I will give Don Granado this credit. They're trying for him. The problem is yeah, their, their talent level is, mm, I mean, great AHL team caliber. There are, I'd say, maybe five or six good NHLers on that team, a couple youngsters, and uh, then the rest, I think, are journeymen. And, you know, and th- I, that was a situation where, you know, anybody who's critical of, of the Leafs and Sheldon Keefe was critical of them after the game. They were up four to two in the third period. The Sabres had played the night before. The Leafs had played the night before, so the fatigue level was even. And the Leafs blew a two-goal lead. The Sabres came back, tied it up, and they won on the Morgan Riley goal with 11.8 seconds left. But all I'm saying is, is that that was not a victory that uh, Sheldon Keefe was proud of. He said after the game, the first two periods in that game were dreadful. And you know the effort was not there. He was. He said he didn't get an effort from from one line of the four lines. He said he got a good effort. So, you know they won the game, and I'm sure they'll take the two points. But they they shouldn't be happy with the with the uh, the performance. Right now, recently Cousins had a um, had a two point game. He scored but, two goals. He scored two goals against Edmonton. Right. He's still a minus seven, and. I'm looking, trying to look up his. Um, well, when you're playing, okay, again, up. when you're playing him with Drake Kajula and Vinny Hinstroza, yeah. what do you expect? Yeah, and that's ultimately the problem, and, and that's the same problem that I have with the Rangers and and their young kids, because it's like, yeah, you've got to play them with players that are the kinds of players that they know how to play with and could make them better. Yeah, Not Cousins. ones that you're expecting the rookie to make better. Cousins should be playing with Skinner. Um, he should, you know, he should, if he's, but the, they really have him in a, I, I mean, it's not third line, but I mean, it's third line for them, third line talent. He should be playing Skinner. I mean, Olsen's out of the lineup. I mean, remember, things are different here because middle stats out of the lineup and, you know, their number one center right now. I mean, I don't even know how the hell, I mean, it may be Rasmus Asplin. So, I mean, it's, it's this problem is league wide. I'm telling you, if we start breaking down, and maybe one day I'm going to have to, all the teams with how they're playing some of these young players, with the exception of Mercer, because the, the Devils have really integrated him into every part of their offense. We'll talk about him in a minute, but yeah. but with Cousins, here's the perfect thing, Mike. This is exactly what's happening with Lafreniere and others. So he's doing fine on faceoffs, actually, 44%. His shooting percentage is 13%. He's got 23 shots in 14 games. He's not even averaging two shots a game. How the hell is he supposed to get better and be a top scorer when he knows he's going to get a couple of shots a game and that's it? And when you start watching some of these guys on some of these lines, when that guy passes the puck, a lot of times it's over. The puck goes the other way. It never comes back in their zone and they're off the ice. And I see that happening with Lafreniere, and I see that probably – I I would guess that's probably happening a bit with Cousins too. Um, we got some breaking news here, uh, courtesy of Darren Drager and Bruce Garriock. The NHL will postpone games for the Ottawa Senators versus the New Jersey Devils on Tuesday against Nashville on Thursday and the Rangers – in Ottawa on Saturday because of the COVID outbreak with 10 players in protocol. Uh, the club has canceled its flight to New Jersey. So finally the NHL. It took long enough. Yeah. I mean, it, we, we've been talking about this for four or five days. You know, they, they yeah. call up half the Belleville senators for crying out loud. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's bad for them. It's bad for fans showing up, not getting a real product. Like it's bad for everybody. So, um, this but is anyway, great with Cousins, you know, he could get better scoring chances and set up his teammates better if he had better teammates. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see how this goes. Really. We'll see how this goes along throughout the year. If this is just like the first year, first half of the year, they want him to learn how to play at both ends of the ice, and then maybe they give him more of an offensive role. I I don't know, yeah. but just just go just to go back to this. Um, again, I keep I keep bringing this up, and we'll we'll keep bringing it up if this gets worse in other situations. Um, how many games will it be take before 
they cancel going to the Olympics? If they, you know, is it is it a <clears throat> is it a multiple teams, multiple games, multiple teams, probably three, four games each. Yeah. So there's one team you can make up these games. It does affect three other teams. Don't get me wrong. But once you start dealing with three teams and then it starts affecting what nine teams and mm -hmm. you know, yeah, then it's a problem. David in the chat. Um, like I said, nobody was going to spend $200 for a test with a right. 72 hour window and then spend 150 to 200 bucks a ticket. That's why. Um, the Sabres play in Hamilton in March. That's their home game for that outdoor game at Tim Horton. I think it's Tim Horton Field in Hamilton. Yeah. It'll be sold out. It'll be all it'll be twenty oh, thousand sold fans. Yeah. Twenty thousand Leaf fans. Um okay, uh well let's it talk about be twenty thousand Leaf fans. They'll it'll be, be twenty thousand Leaf fans. It won't be twenty thousand Leaf fans. They will be Why some Buffalo fans there. What, six? There'll be more than six, Mike. Uh, we'll see. Um, okay, I, I checked in. Um, Alexander, yes, it's proof of vaccination required to enter the arena in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, I checked in on that Rangers Devils game last night when you and Jan started talking about it, and it was really it, the overtime was extremely entertaining. Um, yeah. I was waiting. Who's who is the defenseman that used to play for Carol uh, for Carolina? Who did the great? Uh, it, he was a Ranger and did that. It was like a sixteen round shootout. And he Merrick did that. Malik. Merrick Malik. That's right. I was waiting. I was waiting for uh, some. I remember watching that game? That was crazy. Yeah, I was waiting for somebody to emulate Merrick Malik. That was, was their first. That was the Rangers' first shootout, I believe. Yeah. So that many rounds. But it went. It went seven rounds, I believe. No, I think it was longer. No, 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 no. The American no, this one wasn't it longer than seven. It was, it was seven. Seven, it was okay. Seven, was seven, or, seven or eight. But um, I asked the question: Is this bad goaltending or is this just good scoring? And I thought Georgiev actually made a couple nice saves late later. But it was three three going into the shootout. Not a lot of opportunities, as you said. I was really surprised. At how Lindy Ruff is using Dawson. He's Dawson Mercer in in the uh, in the overtime. I mean, he should I mean they, the Rangers should be using Lafreniere in the overtime? Like that's what you do if you have a kid like that. That's what you have to do with them. And like someone said in the chat room, he is um, doing well with Jesper Bratt. That's true, and, and Bratt can handle both ends of the ice, but he's also fast. And so Andreas Janssen has been getting a lot of ice time as well. Yeah. And so that's, that's a good, it's a good thing for Mercer because Mercer is a good player, but again, the devils are doing it right. Yeah. It, it won't last that he has the most points on the team, but the idea is they're doing it right. And again, I want to say on this show for all the people that told me on Twitter that Pavel Zaka was a bust. How do you like him now? Again, with bigger players, it sometimes takes longer for them to really, you know, have a big impact. He's been scoring 12 to 15 goals, but I get it. He was a higher pick. You wanted more out of him. Well, they're getting a lot more out of him now. Yeah. Um, I have to say, you know, the, uh, of what I saw of the Rangers, um, you know, I, after we talked about Kako and Lafreniere not uh, getting enough playing time, I mean, Kako, he scored, he scored his first goal of the year. Um, and Been close, which is what I keep telling people. That is the way Kako scores goals, either with great hands on the side or he has to kind of cut through the area. But the Rangers don't ever seem to try and enhance what he could do. That time he did it on his own. It was good. And Gallant uh, used both him and Lafreniere in the, uh, in the shootout as well. Yeah, well, that's um, smart. That was yeah. smart. Now um, the game was it had a, it had a few moments in it. One, Mackenzie Blackwood getting knocked out of the game uh, due to concussion. Yeah, I'll tell you, it looked more innocuous. Like you know, we see goalies when when Kako comes in there. I don't know if he tripped over him, whatever, and and Blackwood goes down. You know, a lot of times goalies sort of get banged up like that. But you know, obviously he, he was probably concussed or his neck. I think no, it was his neck. They said his neck. There was something with his neck, and but it still could lead to concussion. Obviously, yeah, it's um, a quick flash or whatever. Yeah, I was just surprised, you know. But 
Bernier came in and did really well. Like, yeah, and uh, the other thing we saw the little snippet of it where uh, PK Subban uh, collided with Sam, was it Sammy Blay? It was a it was yeah. a low. Now he didn't I, collide. Okay, did he? He slew footed. He slew footed him. him. Yeah, I collide. It's like okay, it was a PK Subban special. Everybody knew it when they saw it. It's his like fourth of the year. Second against the second against the Rangers. And Ryan Reeves did nothing. So, Mike, the point of having Ryan Reeves, we have Ryan Reeves. He's going to protect everybody. I've even heard you say that. Well, guess what? He didn't protect anybody. He didn't go after Subban. Well, maybe he's writing it down. On oh, his, he's making a list, is he? He's checking it twice. Oh. <laughs> he's waiting to see who's naughty or nice. Well, P.K. Subban has been naughty because this is the second time he's done it. So, Well, like fourth this year, but second against the Rangers. Right. So, And I got to tell you, that's something where be careful because if you and Chris Kreider running into your goalie next game, keep it up. This is good. P.K. Subban. That was funny. Like I did laugh at that. But I feel bad for Blake. I mean, he was the best four-point guy in the NHL by far. And well, has there been any indication of the severity of the injury? I, I, all Gallant would say is it didn't look good. Oh, jeez. And that's not good. And I feel bad because Blake, you know, was filling a role. We'll see. We'll see that's, what the hell happens with that. If it's if it's a if it's a partial tear of his Achilles, that could be. Two couple months at least. If it's a full tear, that could be longer. Oh, so. out for the season. If it's a full he could. He could be. Yeah. All right. Um. The NHL Hall of Fame class, or excuse me, the Hockey Hall of Fame class. Well, hold on. Vince in the chat room says Kako goal shouldn't have been allowed. Textbook goalie interference. He tried to avoid the goalie. Yeah. That was not goalie interference. I'm sorry. Um. The Hockey Hall of Fame uh, will will induct um their 2020 class tonight. Um, after We're in 2020, no, I'm just kidding. No, no, but they they, they purposely did not uh, uh, have a 2021 class because the 2020 class lost out on the um, festivities because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, now we'll we'll talk about some of these players um, and build. Let's see, the the builder is Ken Holland, which I don't think anybody will will dispute that one. No, uh, I'm actually, you know, the funny thing about Holland is. You know, he's from the B.C. area. He very well thought of out there. People are very close out there. So he knows a lot of people and has really stayed in touch with a lot of people. He's very personable that way. So people could rip Ken Holland for various things, but he deserves to be in there. Yeah, uh, Pierre Lebrun just basically said what uh, we said. Um, he said, also a reminder, the NHL and the PA have until January 10th to opt out of the Olympics. If the number of postponed NHL games escalates over the next two months, that's obviously a possibility. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to they're gonna monitor this. You okay. know, I was looking for, for something on this Hall of Fame class because I was on the call, and I see our friend Julie Stewart-Bink said there should be a mullet wing in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I'm with her. A, a moulet wing? Yes. Really? Yes. Um, I okay. think that would be great. Yeah, sure. I'm interviewing uh, Scott Hartnell later. I'm going to ask him if he uh, if he should be inducted. Yeah, but he does. He is, is a mullet curly like Scott Hartnell. Why can't you have a curly mullet? You can't. It always has to be straight. No, it's it, it, it's that's unseemly, isn't it? It's not unseemly. No, if it's if it's longer in the back, it's a mullet. It doesn't matter if it's curly or not, Mike. By yeah. definition. Yes. Was was it business in the front? <laughs> anyway. Um, to the class, um, also uh, Tony Gallagher uh, and uh, Rick Peckham win the um, Foster Hewitt and uh, Elmer Ferguson Awards, uh, or are honored with the Elmer Ferguson and Foster Hewitt Awards. Uh, but players, Marion Hosa, Jerome McGinley, Kevin Lowe, Kim St. Pierre, and Doug Wilson. Now, okay, there's a couple here that I think are long overdue, and I thought Doug Wilson. I think we talked about this a couple of years ago. I thought yeah, Doug. I, I thought Doug Wilson deserved to be in a long time ago. What's that? Uh, to um, Norris's rather. I'm not sure. I, I'll look it up, but I think up. He, I know he had one. I know he, he had, had two. He had one that year when he scored. I think it was. Uh, that year with Savard and Larmer when he scored 39 goals. It was And he has a truckload of points. Yeah, no, he's I mean that's that's what I'm saying. He was I mean, he 
you know, he's not, he's not Bobby Orr, but I'm saying, you know, he, for the early to mid eighties, I think he was the best offensive defenseman. Uh, 1982. That's the year. Uh, he was Norse. Yeah. Just once first team all-star in 82, second team all-star in 84 and 89, 90, uh, eight all-star games. Um, and, uh, he was a he was a two time nominee for the Norris. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. His big year was that 81, 82 year when he had thirty nine goals and forty six assists. Um, I believe that was like I said that was the year with Savard and Larmer. Um, that you know that was a, f- a phenomenal offensive team. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I I think I think he One thing deserved- to add. So for his call when he got the call. He was actually like in the backyard pool playing with his grandchildren. It was a good story. Like his wife had to go get him. He had to come out of the pool, get to the phone. He had no idea it was coming because, you know, at that point you kind of feel feel like it should have happened already. Yeah, he'd been passed over a few times. So. You're not going to sit by the phone. So I felt really good for him. The funny one funny story I could tell you, it involves Kevin Allen too. When um, we were at the media day in Nashville. When they were in not Nashville in Pittsburgh before the uh, Stanley Cup, oh yeah, they were playing Nashville. We were in the interview room with all the players, and then we had to hurry up and get to the another uh, another area to talk to like the coach and GM and such. And Kevin and I are hustling, man. We are hustling, and we hustle to the point that everything just stops. And Doug Wilson turns around. And he goes, looks at me. He goes, relax. We're not going to do this press conference without you. And I just laughed my ass off. It was really because I, I was there. I remember that. I know, but you must have been even behind Kevin. You know. Yeah. yeah well, so you I, probably didn't hear it, and I, I thought you were there. And yeah, it's just funny. Now, uh, Kevin Lowe, five-time Stanley Cup champion. Sorry, six. I, I wouldn't have put him in though. Six-time Stanley Cup champion, five with Edmonton. He's the arguable one. He's what? He is the arguable one because. I feel like if Ken Morrow's not in, Kevin Lowe should not be in. Well, I think Ken Morrow should be in. I mean, he won four straight. Right, but not before. Kevin Lowe should not be in before Ken Morrow. Ken Morrow won a gold medal, too. Did Kevin Lowe ever win a gold medal? Uh, No. No. Because because during his career, Canada was – it was professionals for the Olympics. Right. So Ken Morrow won a gold medal, had a bunch of cups, too, with the Islanders. He should have been in – before Kevin Lowe. Yeah. But I but I love, I love Kevin Lowe. You know, I grew up a Ranger fan. Like if Kevin Lowe wasn't on that team, they don't win a Stanley Cup, but he still shouldn't be in. Right. Um Marion Hosa, well, I know a certain segment of Leafs Nation who um still hold animosity towards Marion Hosa for uh the Brian Berard. Uh, injury would probably uh, raise a stink about uh, Marion Hosa, but his career, his career statistics, his Stanley Cup win. Remember, he was on the losing end of both t- both times in 07 and or 08 and 09. He was he on teams, but, yeah, yeah. switch teams. He was on Pittsburgh in 08 when they lost, and he was on Detroit in 09. When, when they lost and then he was on Chicago in 2010 when they finally won. So, yep. you know, three great defensive player to a selfie guy too. Great two way forward. Um, you know, Russ thought he was going to make a comeback this year. I did. You did, but you were wrong. Former Atlanta Thrasher. Yes. Former Arizona Coyote. His, his, his career. You never played for the Coyotes, Mike, to be fair. Well, just like, hey, come on. Their wall of fame is going to be Chris Pronger, Pavel Datsuk, <laughs> Marion Hosa. It's funny. Um, now, I think the one is that is not disputable is Jerome McGinley. Um, Jerome McGinley is – now, he, he didn't win a cup. He won an Olympic gold medal. But he won an Art Ross, and you know he was arguably one of the top five forwards for you know a block of maybe five or six years. Um, not pe- too many people remember he was traded as a as a young player for Joe Newendike. 
Yep. So, you know, that was – and Joe Newendike helped the Dallas Stars win the Stanley Cup in 99. So you Not as much think. as the refs did, but yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, please. please. Dominic Hasek was at the game in Buffalo on Saturday, and he was still saying, no goal, no goal. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, <clears throat> I mean, both Hall of Fame players, so you can't dispute the trade. No, 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 not not at all. But, uh, you know, again, I, you know, I think later in his career, like most players, I think, you know, again, love, you know, he, he traveled around. He was, you know, he went to Boston. He went to Pittsburgh. He went to um Colorado I think no not Colorado he ended up I think he ended up in LA I think that was his last stop it was Pittsburgh and L Pittsburgh too yeah I bought it was yeah Boston and Pittsburgh I can remember he ended up one place I'm here we go okay here we go yeah Colorado I had it okay Calgary okay. Pittsburgh Boston Colorado LA so five okay. so um, you know, I, like I said, I don't think there's any, any argument about. Uh, no, I have a good story with him too. Go ahead. He, um, when he was first voted to the, uh, Olympic team and they told him he was chosen and camp was in a couple days, he drove, he got in his truck and drove to camp. Like that's how excited this guy was. He was already a star NHL player. He could have taken a flight. He could have taken a private plane. He just got in his car and in his truck, he said, and drove. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. I have to. Yeah, he's he's great. Like no dispute, no, none at all. Um, I have to bring this up because I just find it laughable, uh, especially after the statement that was released. And I, you know, I I interviewed Leo Komarov a number of times when he was with the Leafs. He's a good guy, Uncle Leo. Yeah. Uncle Leo he's a good guy, well loved by his teammates. But we knew the end was near with him as he's as he passed through waivers a couple times, and nobody claimed him because he's making three million bucks. But it came out a few days ago that he was going to Scott St. Petersburg. Yeah, and that how convenient for Lou Lamorello and the uh, the New York Islanders that all of a sudden Leo Komarov is heading to the KHL, thus cleansing them of the $3 million cap hit. And Leo comes out with his statement online and says, let's get things straight. Um, you know, I basically it's my, it was my idea to go to the KHL. Right. Sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. I believe that. I believe that completely. Some believe, you know. But I mean, this is all. This is this is uh, this is this is Lou. I wish I had the Godfather music in the back. Uh, this is Lou being Lou, and he, you know, he this is Robida Island, and all these other things that you know that he can that he only he can do. Um, and it's just that long winded post, though. That was the crazy part. I got to take my dog out. Hold on. Yeah, no, no. It's. Uh, I, I wish I could. I, I'm, I'll see if I can pull it up while I'm uh, while we're waiting for Russ to take uh, Perla out. Um, I, I'll just. I'll look for it here. But uh, you know, like I said, I he was. He's a useful veteran player. But that contract. I, I said when they signed that contract, I was. You know, Lee fans wanted Komarov back, but not at four years. 12 million bucks but in actuality that was a deal that it was never going to last four years because they were going to find some way to escape the last year of it now here you go um this is the statement toughest decision i ever made in my career I leave all my teammates and trainers who have been like family to me for the last three years it hurts me more than any Anyone could think, let's put all the rumors away. I made this decision myself. Nobody else did it for me. Sure. I want to thank the Islanders organization for all their support as they boot me out the door. Uh, I want to say how happy I am to that I got to know the boys, not just a few of them. Okay. So, I mean, you know, it, I, I don't know. I, I just think, you know, he knew he wasn't going to play. It was very touching, Mike. I went like this. Yeah, 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 you know, exactly. I, I, I shed it. You know, as a team player, though, he did the best thing for his team. He left. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. The, the best thing for my team is that I'm not on it. So, yes. It's, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. All right, so we have to talk about a hit. 
yes. throw. Sidney Crosby against when they played the Capitals was upset because Feyavari is that kind of player. And Crosby grabbed him and threw him headfirst into the boards. That's how strong Crosby is. And we know that. Skates away, nothing. Nothing happens. League's not going to talk to him. I don't even think he took a penalty in the game. Uh, there's a different standard for star players than there is for regular players. I think if that's Tom Wilson, he gets suspended. I, you know, if it's Ovechkin or Crosby, then people look the other way. And maybe, maybe I'm overgeneralizing here, but I, I, I think that that I really think that that's the case. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't get it. I don't like it. I think it's unfair, but I think that's the way. It's it's sort of like, you know, Barry Bonds getting the call on the edge on ball four or strike three. It's Barry Bonds. So his eye, you know, his eye, his, uh, you know, Wade Boggs, his, their their strike zone. Now, you know, in baseball now, that may not be the case as much. This because, is one where you could give the guy a massive concussion by doing it. Yeah, I mean, that. it was right. It wasn't. It wasn't that he threw him to the ice. He threw him into the boards. Yeah, and like someone said online, it's like, how's that like not a match penalty? Yeah. So I I don't get it, but um, okay. I we have to mention this because the uh the fervor and the chatter after seeing this goal just made everybody go, ooh, uh, Matt V. Mishkov, the, oh, yeah, the next Russian phenom. Now, you know, I'm not saying that he's not, but everybody just lost their merd. You know uh, the last guy that had a nickname? Just to, and you, This isn't really a nickname, but he'll get one. Who actually lived up to it was Dreisaitl when they said he was the German Gretzky. God damn it, he's pretty close. Now, what, what, what he is, didn't say that. People said that about him. No, I mean, is that's that, pretty they, close. Are they saying he's the Russian Gretzky? No, no, no. But somebody oh. will make up something. Oh, they sure. A couple of years, they have a couple of years to do it. Yes, but okay, so he has this unbelievable lacrosse type of goal behind the net. Fan, fantastic. He's 16, turning 17 uh, in December. He, he, I, I would think he's going to be part because he's playing for Russia at the Karjala Cup. He's more Which, than by the way, it's not a hotly contested, we're yeah. gonna check you hard, play tight hockey kind of uh tournament. So, you right. know. Um, but as with we saw we spent more time following the Karjala Cup last year because the season didn't start until January. Nothing else. Like we had to. right, there was nothing else to talk about. Um it's a precursor to what the team like say Team Russia is gonna have is gonna you're gonna see for the uh, for the World Junior. So it's very possible at 17 years old and his with his ability that he's gonna be part of uh, Team Russia for the World Junior. Just like there's a chance. I mean Shane Wright's gonna be on Team Canada. I don't know if Connor if Connor Bedard, who's uh, the presumptive number one pick for 2023, is gonna be on Team Canada. He's only 16, I believe. So it would be a stretch. They usually don't do that unless it's unless he, you know, and I know that his stats were good his in stats the are a little off this year. They were off the charts last year, but last year, you know, it was a different kind of season. So it still doesn't not make him great. It's just, hey, you know, he is that age and it's gonna take him a little while. But did he look well, great last year? In international play, he did. He was fantastic. Bedard, Bedard last year in a brief WHL season had 28 points in 15 games. This this year he's got eight goals in 16 games. No, but what did he have um, internationally? He uh, well, he played, nine points in six games, something like that. Well, he played for HV 71 in the Swedish juniors and was a point per game. I, I'm I have to look on elite prospects to see. Yeah, my computer is not getting it. Yeah, let me. I'll do it. But, but the point, the point being is that uh, let's see. Here we go. On the fly, folks. This is this is what live TV and live. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, last year, um, eighteens. Yeah. It just popped. There we go. Uh, at the under eighteens, he had fourteen points, seven goals, seven assists in seven games. I said nine. Yeah, 14 points in seven games. 
28 points in 15 games in the WHL as a You're playing up in age. So, you know, as a 16 year old. So, um, could he make team Canada? I mean, I haven't seen any, I haven't seen any projections in terms of team Canada's roster, but I, think, I, I, I don't know if they'll have them on there. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember 19 year olds can play in this tournament. So, yeah. you know, they can wait another year, but I think Wright will make it. I think, I, I think that's, I don't know Shane Wright's making it. Yeah. So, but, uh, but Mishkov could make it. He could make Russia. He's seven sure, because if they want to just have him there so they could trumpet him and hope that he does something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. that's, that's sort of like, sort of like Rasmus Dahlin in 17 when he was a 16 year old. They, yeah. they spotted him. They, they gave him, they gave him, you know, they, they, I think when they had the last change, they played him, but um, they didn't play him every game. So, so we do have somewhat breaking news. Go ahead. Um, so Ryan Ellis re-injured whatever his injury was in the Dallas game. And, you know, I remember A.V. saying he wanted to ease him in, and I thought if he's ready, he shouldn't have to be eased in. Well, he did ease him in on the third pairing, and now he's out again. So it does make me think, Mike, that, again, the reason I said that is if you feel a player's 100%, there's no reason to ease him in. But if you're going to tell me you're easing him in, there's always this thought in my head that he's not ready. He's not quite there yet, but he's a team guy, so he's going to give it a go. Well, he gave it a go, and now he's back out. And that's going to hurt the Flyers, especially with um, playing Calgary and who else? I think they're playing Washington uh, and Boston. I think it's Calgary, Washington, Boston. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. But I yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, there's there was no point. I mean, obviously, it's easier to say in, in 2020 hindsight if the player gets hurt after one game. But really, um, I, 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 you know, it's stupid. I mean, you want the guy to be in your lineup. You know, oh, usually Tampa and Boston. Usually, usually the rule is, you know, take if the, when the player is 100 percent, wait another week. Unless it's a playoff scenario, wait another week so he's overripe or overhealthy or whatever, just to make sure nothing is wrong. But you so, know what that is? That's again, like Justin Braun was getting played a lot, and he wasn't great the game before. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that worked into their decision or not. I have no idea. But now you're back to Justin Braun again being on the top pairing. And as you get deeper into the season, that becomes a harder task. I'll take some questions in the chat before we end because I do think it's worth mentioning. Yes, Vladar did have a shutout for the Flames. Vladar is really good. Vladar uh, I mean, played fantastic against Toronto on Friday. He's a really good goalie. Like if Markstrom ever goes out, they're not going to miss a beat. Well, the, the the smart the smart thing and okay, Boston really had no choice in the sense that they would have probably lost Vladar on waivers. Yes. Is the you know Swayman? They like Swayman, and Swayman was going to be their co number one with Allmark. Swayman had options; they could send him back to Providence and not lose him. Vladar was still out. go to Providence when Rask yeah. is back. But Vladar was out of options, and if they didn't carry three goaltenders, they would have had to send him through waivers. And with the with the weight goaltender, if Scott Wedgwood is getting claimed, then Vladar would have gotten claimed. So they traded him; they got a third round pick, and Calgary's got a backup. And maybe a one B, who's making seven hundred and fifty thousand this year and next year. So that was a good trade for Calgary. Um, okay, Alexander is referring to X posting that there, you know, he um, there are rumors, at least that he is hearing, that uh, Evgeny Malkin, who is a UFA at the end of this year, uh, might go to the uh, Capitals as a free agent. Now, okay. Um, I would I would say that's a possibility if they find a trade to move Kuznetsov. Otherwise, right. how the hell are they fitting in? Because Backstrom's not retiring; they just signed him to a new a new deal. No, it would uh, have to be Kuznetsov because, and again, he'd be with Ovi and Orlov, so he'd still have some Russian buddies there and Samsonov. Um, yeah, it would have to be Kuznetsov. Now, I do think Kuznetsov is more marketable now that he's actually playing well again. Right. Yes. Um, let's see here. Here we go. Uh, Tony Soprano, how is Travis Green and or Jim Benning still employed? Ownership was on the, that rope. Well, they said that that they said that that uh, that um, uh, Aquilini was that that was planned before this slump. Do I believe that? 
very convenient yeah. um, message there. Yeah, but didn't they just give Benning an extension? So, I mean, that's the thing. It's like I know that Green's got a year left in his contract, but if they just gave Benning an extension. Now, the thing is, they went out and they made a lot of moves. They traded for Ekman Larson. They traded for Connor Garland. Um, you know, they bought out Holtby. They did a lot of things, and they're not getting the results right now. I it's mean, funny. Remember a year ago, I thought Green would be the first one fired. You did. This year, I didn't feel that way because of the moves they made. I said, okay, <clears throat> I feel like this is going to work out. Now it hasn't. Now, obviously, they, the Aquilinis, there's two things that they are. They're loyal, and they don't like to spend money. And so they – they, they spent money this offseason. I know, but it's begrudgingly, and they don't like to get rid of guys with salary like torts that time. With yeah, see, the, thing, the thing is, in a way they spent money, um, but it's sort of down the road because what they did was they cleared all their junk out in that right. Eckley Larson deal. They cleared out, uh, um, oh, God, uh, Roussel and Jay Beagle, and uh, they moved those – uh, and Louis Erickson, they moved all that dead money out. and But they got Ekman Larson, and he's got like six years left in his contract. So, you know, now they've got that money going forward. And I'm just look, I was just looking up what Ekman Larson is doing statistically. And, I mean, they're 5-9-2 and two right now. The only team that they're better than is Seattle. Um, Quinn Hughes is having a good year. JT Miller is having a good year over a point per game. Connor Garland is third on the scoring, third on the team with 12 points. Uh, right now, Ekman Larson in 16 games, Russ, has three points. We talked about it. We said if he is cooked, this is another Louis Erickson contract. And, and you've got this isn't looking good. We even early on, we we're like, okay, maybe he looks better than we think. Now he's sort of fallen back. To the pack here. Pedersen has only got nine points. That's I mean, a problem. Yeah, now, you know, I still think that he's a really good player, but, you know, maybe uh, who knows how how well he – how much he, he was training uh, in the offseason. You know, we, we there was a holdout situation. I mean, at least – I got, think that maybe hurt him a little bit, but I also think the – he's going to have to learn a few more tricks because the league has caught up to him a bit, don't you think? Uh, I, I, well, the thing with the thing with the thing with Pedersen is that I've always been concerned about his slight of build and him taking physical pounding. Right. And, you know, I always worry that eventually that's going to catch up to him. And, you know, it's, I know that, the, you know, they brought in like some physical player, like the justification for bringing in Michael Furland was like, okay, he's going to protect, he's going to protect. Right. He played like two games. Yeah, and then he got hurt. So, I mean, that's got to be a concern. Night now, it's it's early, six, only sixteen games. He could he could have a good week and he'd be right back at it. But that's a concern. And you know, Brock Besser, only eight points. I mean, there, you know, there is there are some players. Besser should, Besser should turn <coughs> turn it around. And and Thatcher Demko, who we thought was a not a shoe in, but a likely choice as a third. Goaltender. I mean, hell, I remember somebody saying, "Well, he could be the number one for Team USA." Well, yep. five, six, and one, three point three three goals against, eight ninety eight save percentage. Now you could say Hullabuck's that. Hullabuck's back in there, and Campbell's in there now, probably. Hullabuck, Gibson, and Campbell. Yeah. I mean, if Campbell continues to, and, I'm not, and this is not the pro leaf thing here, it's the fact that he's having a great year. He'll still start Hullabuck over Campbell, though. Oh no, no, I'm I'm saying yeah. it's going to be Hullabuck or Gibson as the right. start. Right. Campbell would be the third string. Yeah. Still. Even if he's better than him statistically, it doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. Uh, we'll end with this one because this is like some, a debate that we – and this is like choosing your children. Oh, here we go. You know, bada bing, Collins or Gabriel with Genesis. I mean, okay, this is the thing. I love both incarnations of Genesis. But so you don't love them equally. No, 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 I, I, I do. I do. I mean, let's oh, just, that's baloney. You no, okay, well, okay, let's, let's, I'll, let's say it this way. Okay. Um, I think, you know, the jump, the shark for Genesis was invisible touch, even though I love, we can't dance. I think it was a better album than invisible touch after invisible touch. They went pure pop. 
Right. Um, but from Trick of the Tail to Abacab or Mama, as I called it, the self-titled album. Right. The, both sides are just as good I, in terms of like I I don't think you know I don't think Trespass is a great album, which is the first big album for them. But then from Nursery Crime to Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, which is the Gabriel era, um, they're all classics. And I love every one of the Genesis Collins albums up to Invisible Touch. So no mention of Calling All Stations, Mike. Why not? No, because it's a an atro it's an atrocity. That's why. Was it? Here's, here's my thought. Yeah. I know, like Tony Soprano says, Collins turned a great band into a pop band. Well, oh. Collins was writing all the music. If Tony Banks could have written anything, which he clearly couldn't, because if you ever listen to his, if you listen to his solo album, it's well. Pretty his his solo his solo album is is terrible but um up until duke most of the writing right then he obviously the well ran dry and and that's what they had to go with collins they didn't have anything else well the, it, from what from what they say they say it was basically a um a collective it was like well, they they collectively wrote the song invisible touch that was a collective mistake Yes. Sure. Oh, please. I, I mean, it's it's a tra it's a trap. Yeah. Here's how I explain it. I only knew the Phil Collins Genesis going back to, and then there were three. That's when I start. I bought that album by accident. It was a cutout. If anybody knows what a cutout is, they used to cut out the top of the record, yeah. sell it for half price. I bought it because I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. And so I listened to it, and I was like, wow, this is great. So I turned into a fan. Then I find out about Gabriel with them because that Gabriel that I knew was Salisbury Hill and already the early hits of sure. his solo career. Mm -hmm. I like the Gabriel stuff. I went and saw the you know the theaterish look that he had with costumes, all well and good. Yeah, I like the Collins era better because that's sort of what I grew up with. That's the only reason. If I grew up with the Gabriel era, I might be saying something different, but I didn't. So I don't think either of them was better. I just think right. that's just the way it was for me. Now. I do hold it against Gabriel that he at least never came back for one tour. All of his fans wanted it. He really could have done it. And for whatever reason, he didn't want to do it. And he still other, doesn't want it. Other than a concert, and I think it was 1981, where Gabriel was going to take a financial bath uh, for some some festival yeah they did that and one concert they did that one concert and it was like they they barely practiced and it wasn't even something that you would want on bootleg because it just it sounded was on bootleg though it like, was on bootleg, really? but you, you don't want you don't want it on bootleg wow. if it was one great show and it, and that was it you know then yeah. fine but it was not it was not something i'm like searching out there to buy the bootleg but i'm just okay let's just talk you block funky because he put sledgehammer verse against all odds like just block them. Sledgehammer is a thousand times better than Against All Odds. Yeah, you know? it, it, right. And Against All Against All Odds was a movie soundtrack. It wasn't on right. a solo. It wasn't on a solo album. Just like Two Hearts or Groovy Kind of Love were not. Those were soundtracks. Those okay. were. How does Bada King even know that I like the Doors? Have I talked about the Doors a lot? Do you know that, Mike? No, I've never said anything about it. You do like the Doors. And I, I do. I I like the Doors a lot, and. They were one of the bands that I sort of, as like a 15-year-old, got got back into, got into rather for the first time. I knew some of their hits when I was a little kid. Uh, but, yeah, I actually do like The Doors. Pink Floyd, I'm okay with. I, I, I like Floyd. I don't love them. I don't hate them. I'm not I have a, some songs, you know. I'm not a devotee of Floyd. But but just let me let me finish off the, the Genesis argument. So um, both solo careers are fantastic. Um Collins had more commercial success. Obviously, Gabriel had so, and yeah. but before so, I mean, his albums were more critically acclaimed. You know, the yeah. Melting Face or the rain. You know, the, the he's in the car with the raindrops. You know, I mean, I can only take so much of Beko. Yeah, be you know, or or you know, I love Games Without Frontiers. I I actually Games think Without Frontiers was great. I actually think Salisbury Hill is extremely overrated i don't i don't it's i'm not, not a, overrated how could you even say i that? i just have never I've never been i've never been a big fan of that song it's like um, not being a fan of chocolate I, ice cream no but, but, but i i i like more obscure songs like moribund the Bur the burgermeister or yeah um, you want the deep cuts i get it right or you know okay 
Collins played on two of Gabriel's solo albums, and I can't remember the, the what song it was, but Gabriel told Collins to play the drums without playing the cymbals, and that was his um, uh, impetus for In the Air Tonight, because right. you know, remember the drums and In the Air Tonight yeah, have yeah, the yeah. cymbals. So you know, there was influences crossing back, but I, I, love, I love the old Genesis, and I love the new Genesis. Here, here's, here's how you know that Collins was the most talented guy in Genesis, and it had to go a certain way. When you listen to Face Value, that's how you knew, because some of those songs were songs that bled onto other albums. Yeah, he, he didn't use for that. Right. He he record he recorded that that album in his in his home studio. The, 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 Played the, everything. The like yeah, the demos, and then you know updated a few things in this in this in the in the actual studio. But those were, I mean. Genesis was on a break and everybody was doing a solo album. And I think it pissed off one particular member of Genesis Tony that, Banks. that Tony Banks that G Collins, oh, by the way, did his own solo album and all of a sudden it exploded in, into superstar. It wasn't just good, it was good to the point where not only everybody had to buy it, but they all talked about it as far as how it was one of the best solo albums they had ever heard from anybody. I, I you can search it online. I believe it's on YouTube, and then on the show here, um, you can find it online. There's a there's a a a, a documentary series called Classic Classic Albums. Um, they've done you know they've done uh, Asia by Steely Dan, and they did Collins uh, Face Value, and they interviewed Amit Erdogan, who's the head of Atlantic Records, and he from the very beginning thought that face value was incredible to the point that when new bands came into the Atlantic records offices and they played the demo of what their song was to get a contract, he says, that's good, but you want to hear something great? Listen to this. And then he'd play in the air tonight to them before it was released. And he, and, and these people are saying, Oh my God, what the hell is that? Yeah. Obviously well, funky. We were kidding. Yeah, but, but Tony Soprano says Steve Hackett's solo stuff is amazing. It is. It's Mike, good. Ruther Mike Rutherford's uh, solo stuff. Yeah, uh, Mike and Mechanic stuff is tremendous. Right, even before Mike and the Mechanic. Yeah, I didn't love it. I like. Uh, I think it was Small Creeps Day. Yeah, he had a couple solo albums that were pretty good, and you know Hackett and Collins played on those. So it's funny that the only one who didn't have anybody else from Genesis on this solo album was Banks. He did right, it because I think he just felt like I'm just going to do this on my own. And just show the world that I could do everything, and he couldn't. Yeah. So. Okay. But, but you know, I have to say, you know, just like just like S S Tony Banks is the Steve Howe of Genesis. He's. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, he he the band would not be the same without him. He's an incredible keyboard player. He his his musicality and his ability to play. Um, I mean, it's throughout the history of the band, the early stuff, the late stuff, but sometimes, you know, his personality with Gabriel rubbed the wrong way and, you know, they, you, know, you could tell that there's a documentary series um, and you could just, uh, they're still friendly. They're still mates from college, but you still, could, there was another member too, right? That was in the original Genesis. Anthony Phillips. Yeah, Anthony Phillips. Right? He was the guitar player for Trespass, and he was replaced right. by Steve Hackett. Yeah, so yeah, he kind of not like Pete Best, but I think he kind of <laughs> no. He, he left. He left because of health reasons. He couldn't. Health, okay. Yeah, it, well, like the the first drummer for Rush who had di who had diabetes type mm -hmm. one. Uh, he had to leave the band because they were on the road and he was drinking all the time. And then basically it would have killed him if he kept going. Right. Um, Steve or, uh, Anthony Phillips, I believe, had stage it stage fright oh. and, and he really couldn't get over it. And he just and, you know, they're all still they were all still friendly with him after he left the band. And like I said, the, the all of them played, I think, on his solo albums, but he just really. He couldn't hack. He couldn't hack it, so to speak. So Steve Hackett was the one who replaced him. And oh yes, um, great song here. I know it's more of a ballad, but a fan. It's a good song. It's a great song. Kate Bush it's is a good song. Okay, it's a great song. Okay, uh, <laughs> for for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Jello. Thanks for watching. And remember, without the buzz.
It's just hot. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.